gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Drew & Co. Unplugged. This episode is featuring me, myself, and I. I am finally getting to recording a regular episode that's outside of the college football realm. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love doing all of my all of my college football episodes with Zach, but I've been needing to put out some fresh content here on these normal episodes. Um, so I'm finally doing that. There's going to be a brief pause here because I'm trying not to die on this uh, pullout. <clears throat> it's not a very good spot. They need to fix that, but nevertheless, so I'm driving home from work. This is me adjusting my stuff. And I got to thinking about what I wanted to do this episode on and what I wanted to talk about. And I've been stewing for the last, I don't know, couple weeks or so. I am an avid watcher of the, what are they called, Facebook Reels. And... I'm constantly seeing these people on these podcasts. Normally they're all videos, of course, being that it's a Facebook reel. And they're putting out this content that I'm like, man, this just speaks to me. I feel like this just hits home. Why is this so impactful? And I think about the content that I'm creating and I have this burning desire to be impactful. I want to be influential in a positive way in people's lives. And I'm hoping that at some point I hit that point with this podcast or with my YouTube channel. Of course, I need to put a little more effort in that. But so I'm constantly thinking of these like things to say that I'm like, man, this, could this be relatable to people? Could this be relatable to people? And I think that I get caught up in being envious of what someone else's podcast has going on, what content they're creating, because at the end of the day, most of those videos are a 30 second to 60 second video. They've got some sort of background music playing. Um, they might have a video filter, might be like a black and white filter or, and I think about like all those extra little things that are what make it influential. Obviously the words, of course, they have to resonate with you, but you know, it's all about setting the tone. They set the tone, it's a 30 to 60 second snippet. It's got whatever music attached to it. And then somebody's saying some words that resonate with you. And I think because of the setting that they're providing it in, it creates a more impactful statement, so to speak, than what I'm doing sitting here just talking. And there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. There's nothing wrong with the people that do their podcasts and they just answer questions, whether that be via submission of listeners or if they 
talk about current events. They talk about whatever they talk about. It's more so about being authentic and in many ways, as many of you listeners that have been with me on this journey um, through season one where we did 30 episodes and then now on the season two, this would be our second episode we're recording or I'm recording. You've seen throughout that I try to maintain the authenticity. I try to keep it extremely raw, but I think I need to draw the line with that. I think that I've been too whimsical with it and the way that I don't edit it whatsoever. And I sometimes think to myself, am I using this as an excuse to not have to go in and learn these editing skills for the podcast? It's like with the YouTube. I don't edit those either. And the videos that I've uploaded, the majority of them, they're like 40 plus minutes. Some of them's, you know, an hour long. And I think to myself, would I want to watch me for an hour? Probably not. Although I do, uh, I force my family to, to watch it, but that's just to get criticism. And uh, I mean, my kid, God bless him, honest little shit that he is. He, uh, came up to me and you know he's almost seven he knows what YouTube is and he has like YouTubers that he likes to watch and he came up to me and he is so serious and he's like daddy I know how I can get you more subscribers and I'm pumped I'm thinking like this kid is about to provide me some serious insight his response Make better videos. Ouch. That's what I was thinking. Like, dang, buddy, like, you gotta hit me low like that. But it's funny. He's right. I do need to make better videos if I want to attract a larger audience. And it, it gets me thinking about the podcast and the feeling of envy. And it's a it's a fickle bitch that's what it is because you'll see these dudes out here or ladies that have these podcasts and they're they post their little snippet videos that are like 60 second clips of it and it's got thousands of shares reactions hundreds of comments and i think like man like what am i not doing to get in that well one i'm not creating these little snippets Two, I'm not doing them on video, my podcast episodes. And three, I haven't put in the time yet. It's not... When you think of the number of people that you see that just come out of nowhere and they just, bam, just go insanely viral, the odds of that being you, or me in this case, statistically speaking, is insanely low. And one of the things that you can look at, you can look at uh, Mr. Beast on YouTube. The dude was creating content for years before people even knew who he was or heard of him. And then he got one video after a long time that just, 
for some reason caught fire and then continued to build upon that and establish this brand. And that's essentially what I need to do. I need to continue putting out content, getting feedback, accepting the feedback and making necessary change based on that constructive criticism. And I say constructive because it has to be something that's going to be for the betterment of the channel or the podcast and increase the value. Now, you have to tiptoe that line because that increased value to some said individual may not be for every other individual, right? So are you trying to meet the needs of one specific listener or a small group? Or are you trying to take this and, you know, meet a generalized group that's rather large? Then you have to create things that can be applicable to many, not just few. And there's a lot of times that I get on here and I talk about these things and it triggers or aims at the few. And I think that's why some of my stuff is where it's at. Obviously, a big part of it's the lacking of editing videos, making additional content around the page. I, I have to you know carve out that time for it and continue to do that. So, but I do constantly find myself scrolling through social media, looking at these videos and thinking like, man, like I want that. I wish I had that. And lo and behold, there's somebody out there making videos and content that wishes they had what I have. They may not know me specifically or have seen any of my stuff to have that type of envy, but in general, numbers wise, analytically speaking, there are probably people out there that wish they could hit some of the numbers that I hit. Now, granted, my YouTube does not do well. I haven't posted a video in over a month, so I need to do that. It's almost two months now that I'm thinking about it. So I need to hit, hit strong back into that. But I find myself getting envious constantly. And a part of that is continuously scrolling through social media instead of putting work into my craft. I've also, little life update, I guess you could say. I've noticed a slippage recently with myself. It's not necessarily working out wise. Now granted, I do feel like some of my workouts haven't been up to par of where they could be or should be, which I'm addressing that. I started addressing that today. But in terms of like going every day and stuff like that, I'm still maintaining that. So that's not an issue. One of my big slippages is in what I'm eating and how I'm eating. Recently, I've kind of found myself falling into that somewhat overeating and eating bad food category, right? I've been focused for months on eating whole foods, eating whole-hearted meals, right? Meals that are going to make you full. But I've been snacking, been eating some chippies, some queso, salsa, mm -mm -mm. 
made some buffalo dip. I've had, you know, some fast food here and there. So I got to really, I got to rein that in and clean that up. Got to clean it up. I don't need to go on some strict calorie deficit. I don't need to go insane. I just got to clean it up a little bit. And I acknowledged that yesterday and today started taking accountability for it and making sure I'm implementing that change. And I think one of the big things that comes with what you're doing in your life, whether it be creating content, going to the gym, maintaining a specific nutrition plan, it really does come down to having self-accountability, but also the awareness to realize when you're slipping. I think that's one of my biggest differences between me now and me 18 months ago. 18 months ago, I wouldn't catch these slippages like this. And this is very minute. It's minuscule. It's not some massive, like, I'm eating McDonald's every single day type of issue. But I'm trying to make it a non-issue before it becomes a legitimate issue. Right now, it's a concern. So that's my goal with that is to mitigate the concern from becoming an issue. Another thing that I've been thinking about is 2024. I've been thinking about what I want the year to look like for me. And this isn't a resolution. There's no resolution for me. The whole new year, new me. It's not. It's not, it's not a new person. It's an improved person. That's what people are aiming for. There's a big group of people out there that are still trying to push through that threshold and their goals or resolutions, as they like to call them, for 2024. And I think it's our job as the general public to support that, not in terms of like you need to go out to people and say, hey, good job, or high-fiving people, or, you know not that kind of thing. I don't know how to put that into, I don't know how to articulate that the way I want to, but you don't need to do all that. What you need to do is mitigate and control the negativity that you put out there. We all talk shit, man. Everybody. I don't care who you are. You can be the nicest person in the world. You're a shit talker. We're all shit talkers. We're human. Limiting the amount of shit talking that we do and how we do it, that's where we make that change. Because you could be at the gym, for example, and if you are a regular gym goer and you go on a set schedule, like someone like me that goes on a set schedule and works out on a set schedule, I know who's new and who's not. And the last thing I would want to do is be at the gym talking shit, being like, oh man, all these freaking people hogging up a machine, not in shape, doing barely any weight, yada, yada, yada. That makes me the problem. And that also makes it a reason for those people to quit. And that's my big thing. And I, I talked about that in my very 
last episode I did of 2023 is don't be the reason that someone quits their goals. You don't want to be that reason. Instead, be the reason they want to continue. How do you do that? You can just be a little bit friendly. Like I said, you don't have to go waving at people. You don't have to talk to people. Just simply conducting yourself in a manner that shows common courtesy, right? For example, if I'm at the gym and I'm doing a workout and somebody comes up to me and asks me like, hey, how many sets do you have left? Don't be a jerk about it. I know that, I mean, I typically am pretty nice about it, but a lot of times, you know, like especially if I'm in the zone and I'm actively like in the middle of a lift or I'm trying to finish a lift and somebody comes and taps me on the shoulder, yeah, it's annoying. That's a lack of common sense on that person's part to realize like, hey, like this person's actively in a, a activity I should wait until they're done and then, you know, pausing in between sets and then ask. But again, they don't know any better. You don't know how much courage it takes for somebody to approach someone and speak. And that's the crazy thing. It's an underestimated, unacknowledged thing in society is what it takes for someone to speak to others. A lot of people do not like to speak to strangers. A lot of people can't speak to strangers. They just don't have it in. They would rather say fuck it and not do a workout, not do something, than talk to a stranger or somebody that they don't know because they're just that uncomfortable with it. And you'd be surprised at how many people are uncomfortable talking to people that they they don't know. It's pretty high, to be honest, from what I've seen. And I'm in a profession where you are constantly speaking to people that you do not, that you don't know. I need to figure out if I'm going to say don't or do not. It's like you fumbling between those. But for example, like for me, I do a lot of hiring, right? So I'm constantly seeking out top talent. I'm constantly putting people in positions. I'm constantly talking to people that I've never met before that I would have never probably ever came into contact with had I not be doing my job. And what comes with that is how I conduct myself. Now, me personally, it's very easy for me to talk to a stranger. Very easy. It it's like second nature. I can talk to anybody. It, it doesn't bother me. But for those people, I try to put myself in their shoes and imagine what it's like on that side, right? You're either submitting an application to a job that you may really, really need. There might be a lot of pressure on the line for that job to come through for your family's needs or your needs or whatever. And that's going to create a stress factor that's going to impact their ability to interview, their ability to communicate their skills to you. So a way that I like to mitigate that, and you can do this in every aspect of your 
life, especially when you know you're going to have to deal with people that you don't know and people that don't know you, is make the environment welcoming, right? Make it to where someone's not going to be afraid to speak. So a lot of times what I like to do personally is I'll open it up with something simple. Test out the waters. You can normally tell how an individual is going to respond just by when you say, hey, you know, how was your weekend? How were you doing? And if they're, you know, fumbling around their words, then you know it's going to be a struggle for them. So you got to take that into account and be like, okay, hey, maybe they're not going to interview well, but it's not about thinking of how the person's interviewing. It's about thinking about what they, you know, that they can bring to the table and what you can find throughout that conversation that they can help be an asset to your business or your company, whatever you want to call it. And that's the same thing when it comes to finding a relationship in life is when you're trying to find like a life partner or a, establish a friendship. When you go to talk to these people that you've never talked to before, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt out of the gate. If you come in with your guard up, you're coming in thinking the worst before it even happens, then not only are you setting that person up for failure, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because how are you going to have a relationship or a friendship with somebody if you're going into it thinking, ah, been burnt before and burn again, yada, yada, yada. And you, you can't bring baggage to it. And I know this seems a little spinoff here when I was just talking about um, hiring people and people going on with a, a interview, but it applies to it. If you're somebody that's in that position and you know somebody's coming in, don't bring that baggage of like, oh, another person that's uh, not speaking well, probably going to be a shit thing. You can't come in with that type of baggage because ultimately what you're going to do is you're going to put yourself in a position of compromise and you don't want to do that. You don't want to be in a position where you have to question whether or not that person got the best opportunity because that is your job at the end of the day is to not only provide the very best person for your situation, but ensure that they get the best possible opportunity with what they have to offer. So that's something to take into account. But let's flip that back to that relationship, friendship thing. And that's one of those things that I think is a big issue for a lot of people and why, and I'm not in the dating scene, so don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm out there dating, but I think that's a commonality of a problem within the dating scene is you have all these people who are saying, oh, this sucks, that sucks. And a lot of it is the person is bringing their own baggage into the situation they're going in with a negative mindset and that's the same for the person that's coming also coming into that situation right so both parties are bringing baggage of past issues whether that be trust issues that be 
whatever, then that's only going to set the tone for failure. I think that's a big issue that we all have. I feel like there would be a lot more genuine relationships, whether that be friends, whether that be spousal, whether that be boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the relationship type be, mother, father, um, you know, that kind of thing is we bring our own baggage into it. And what I mean by that is like, okay, prime example, say a person is trying to enter into a relationship and in their past, they were cheated on. So they're going to come in with their guard up, right? They're going to be always on the lookout for these little cues as if they're looking to catch the person cheating. But at the end of the day, how is that fair to the person that you're getting with? They're not the ones that screwed you over. They're not the ones that did you wrong. But when you bring that type of pressure and stress into that relationship, you are screwing yourself and that person and your relationship because it's already set up in a negative tone. It just, I, and again, I understand there's going to be people out there that say, oh, well, I can't just forget that this happened to me. And it's like, you're right. I'll remember it. But at the same time, I wouldn't be constantly looking for it. I wouldn't be looking for a reason for it to fail. I wouldn't be looking for a reason that someone is cheating, right? You have to allow some sort of trust to occur. And that's, that's a big thing. I mean, at this day and age, I think from what I hear and see on the internet and all this, and I, of course, you got to take all that with a grain of salt, right? How much validity is there with what you see? Because a lot of people, they just want to be trendy. They want people to feel for them. And what I mean by feel for them is like, you'll notice that when somebody brings something up like, oh, you know, I've got this family member that's sick and they're dealing with this. And this is what I've been, you know, kind of going through. The other person will almost immediately be like, oh yeah, I've been through X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, cool. Awesome. It's great that, you know, you made it through it and I'm glad to see you come out the other side. But at that time, we're not talking about that person, right? We're not talking about their situation. We're talking about the current situation at hand and what's currently being dealt with. That's another big problem that you see is... We as humans are so quick to not necessarily one up, but the, oh, I've been through this. Oh, I've done that. Oh yeah, me too this, me too that. And it's honestly, it's a, it's a lack of listening. It's what it is. It's, it's a lack of listening and responding with intent to enhance the other person's well-being. And what I mean by that is if you think you're always doing that to be relatable, you're probably not being relatable. That's just to be honest. Now, if it's something where they ask you and say, hey, have you ever been in that type of scenario? Then 
volunteer that information, bring it up and be like, yeah, you know, actually last year I had this happen to me. Um, my uncle had whatever or brother or sister or whatever happened. And, um, it was, it was pretty tough, but these are the steps that I used for my own personal well-being to make sure that I was good and make sure that I came out on the other side whole. Now that is being relatable. It's not relatable when somebody tells you a problem and you instantly follow it up with you've done it, you've seen it, yada, yada, yada. Okay, there, there is a good possibility that you've seen it. There's a good possibility that you might have had a similar problem. But if somebody's volunteering you information like that, they are allowing you and trusting you with said information. And if your immediate follow-up response is something about you, that's where you fuck it up. But again, that's how we are as humans. We're so quick to talk about how we've been through this. We've been through that. I've dealt with this. I've dealt with that. And that's a part of the problem. And it's something that we all have to work on limiting how we respond to people and the way that we do it. And I know that this is kind of taken a turn um, talking about envious and, and personal relationships and that kind of thing. But it just, it, it's crazy how these little topics will just take me down these rabbit holes. And I feel like when I hit these rabbit holes, I don't immediately want to jump out of it and get back on topic. I want to explore it. I want to explore what's driving me and what's on my mind and what's causing these thoughts to be triggered. And I think that's a, it's another problem that we have is we're not curious enough. And that's, you know, Ted Lasso, in my opinion, such a fantastic show on Apple TV. I would assume that most of you have seen it already, or at least heard of it. If you haven't, please go watch it because he talks about this quote by Walt Whitman of be curious, not judgmental. And we are so fucking judgmental, me included, me included, literally judging everything, everyone, all the time. And, and it's not that I specifically am, but we as a society, that's what we're doing. We're constantly judging, constantly making snap judgments and decisions that someone is this, someone is that. But without even knowing them, without even speaking to them, we just assume. We assume we know. And almost 99 times out of 100, when those people actually speak and get to know each other. It's like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. Can't believe I never knew. I, I would have never thought this. And it's like, how many crappy TV shows with the same exact monologue do you have to see to realize that it's actually stemmed from reality, right? They didn't just make this up for fun. It happens all the time in reality. And we eat that up. We eat it up. We love those types of scenarios. We love to see those stories unfold where you've got this mean ass person 
and this so-called nice person and they feud and then finally they come together and it turns out they have all these commonalities and I feel like a lot of us have so many commonalities among each other but we refuse with our pride our pride refuses to let us engage in this and figure out what these people are about and discover who they are that's an issue that is an issue to me that we have in our society oh man that's uh it's crazy i i I know i took a brief little pause there but I, i really am thinking at this moment on how how i got here in this conversation and it's wild to think that you can go from one spectrum to the other spectrum and then back and um That's kind of a part of why I have this podcast because I have all these things that come to me and I always want to talk about them, but I I don't know who to, I don't like, what would I say? I don't necessarily want to burden someone with my whimsical nonsense because at some point, yes, this is probably to some people, some nonsense, right? Me going from talking about being envious of the success that other people have on podcasts to talking about job interviewing to relationships. And I think a lot of this, if I really had to group all this together, it has to do with social interaction. I think that's the best term I could come up with dealing with this and this topic. It's social interaction. That's what it is. You're, you're talking about being envious of others' podcasts and their success and the impact and wanting to be impactful. That has to deal with social interaction, the interaction they're getting with uh, the masses compared to me not getting the masses. The social interaction of what it's like to be in an uncomfortable situation and understanding that most people just can't deal with talking to strangers that they hated at all at all costs if they don't have to they won't do it the social interaction of the job interviewing process what that's like on the candidate side the social interaction of these relationships that we have whether they be friendships partnerships spousal boyfriend girlfriend fiance friendship you name it whatever ship It's all social interaction and how we conduct ourselves is truly the dictation of those outcomes. And even talking about being judgmental a little bit, that has to do with social interaction. And I know from a personal standpoint, the facade that I used to carry when I was younger and put on it generated the snap judgments that people had on me and this is my own fault in a sense because I was the one that created the facade I was the one that carried myself in a certain manner that 
just screamed whatever to people and people would make that judgment but that was also my lack of understanding of perception and first impressions and it was kind of a lack of emotional intelligence at a young age and obviously I'd like to think that I've, I've learned quite well since then uh, the facade is gone the I guess act that I used to put on it's gone so when some people especially people that I grew up with they see the way that I am now and how I am and who I am and it's baffling to them because it's nothing I mean absolutely nothing like I was when I was younger and granted we all change as we become adults but I went from the most extroverted extrovert if that's even possible to one of the most introverted introverts and I know I do this podcast but at the end of the day I've said this before I'm talking to myself as I drive down the road it just so happens to be that it's recorded and then I post it that's that's the only true difference um, friends wise I've probably got like four maybe five ones that I hang out with zero granted it might be location based because of that or location might be a reasoning behind having zero that I hang out with but that's reality and to some people that's probably like oh man that's uh, a little depressing or man like why why don't you have X, Y, and Z going on or why, why aren't you putting yourself out there? And to me, it's just priorities, intent, what my focus is on. And maybe in a few years or so, I'll be more focused on developing more friendships and having those types of external ships so to speak but right now it's just i don't give a shit about that it's not what i'm focused on and for those of you who are my close friends you know this shit doesn't apply to you so don't get butt hurt and for those of you that you know if we've ever came in contact whether we were friends at one point talked at one point even if we were not friends even if we we're shit talkers about each other. Um, I truly want nothing but absolute success for every single one of you. That's like, I think that was one of my biggest growth things I had. Not that I wished negativity on people, that I wished that they weren't successful in certain ways. But in the same sense, I, at a younger age, didn't necessarily root for people's success. I would, but in a way that like, hey, like, yeah, I hope they're great, but I hope I'm better type of ordeal. And that was just a lack of emotional intelligence. It was a lack of understanding that what somebody else has going on has absolutely nothing to do with me and what I have going on. I'm in a completely different place in my life 
than everyone else. And some people might be like, oh, well, you know, you have settled down, yada, yada, yada. And that's true, but it doesn't mean I'm at that same stage as them. Just because it's a similar path does not mean that it's the same path and that it's the same area on the path, right? So that's been one of my biggest growth factors, though, is like rooting for everyone. I want everyone to succeed, man. Life can be a bitch, and the last thing I want to do is be a squawky addition to that. So that's one of those big things for me. And sorry, I just uh, pulled in here and just grabbing a couple of things out of my mailbox. I just got out of my vehicle to my house. Probably going to have some crazy dogs jumping up and down on me. Maybe not. They don't get that excited for me. Kind of a loser in the house, but that's okay. But yeah, that's been one of my big things is rooting for other people's success. And that's another thing. Someone else's success is not your failure. That's something that I think that people should carry with them and understand. and realize especially I would say the town that I grew up in as small as it was and the way that things operate there and how the population is that's like one of those big things is because so-and-so is successful that does not mean that they're a reason why you're not or that they're taking something away from you that's uh that's something that I think that a lot of people can take home with them and realize. So, but now that we have gone from A to B to I to W to U to C, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up. This was quick. That was a quick 40 plus minutes and, I'm glad that those of you who are listening to this point, that you are embarking in this journey with me and what 2024 looks like and shit. I was going to talk about 2024 goals, but I think I'm going to create a uh, separate episode or maybe a YouTube video regarding that because I don't want to take too much more time and keep harping on it because Lord knows these rabbit holes that I'm on right now, we could end up talking about baseball. So with that being said, this is going to wrap up this first regular episode of Drew and Co. Unplugged in season two, 2024. I'm looking forward to seeing what this season brings. I'm hoping that I can get more guests in this season than I had in the last season. Obviously, Zach at this point, I don't consider him a guest. I consider him a um, a part of the brand. I should almost change it to Drew and Zach unplugged, but I'm uh, hoping to add into the co-column in the near future. So as always, stay safe, stay blessed. Thank you for listening. Until next time.